good morning to you all uh, once again. Um, I was last here in um, 2019, uh, and it was a wonderful time. Uh, my husband and I uh, spent at Good Shepherd. It's an honor and a privilege uh, to, to be back and to, to stand before you to bring you know, the God's word and then also to share about uh, 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 the, the mission of PLEP uh, in Zambia. I would like, on behalf of the uh, board, the staff, and volunteers as PLEP to express our gratitude uh, for the friendship, uh, for the support that we have had you know, from Good Shepherd over the years. We have completed several projects, uh, big projects that we, we never dreamt in our wild dreams that we could uh, complete. We, we have the bathroom, you know, for the kids, I think which I was able to show the last time I came here. Uh, the solar project, which was a huge project uh, for, for, for us. Uh, the meeting the needs of the, of the school kids. And, and now we are working on the kitchen, which we hope to complete. Uh, very soon. So we are very, very grateful uh, for, for, for the friendships that we have, you know, built over the years and for the prayers uh, that you guys, you know, give to PLEP. Um, we know uh, that you are praying for us because we have seen the Lord answering our prayers. So I'm going to show you a, a PowerPoint uh, presentation for, for a few minutes. Oh, it's behind. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm fine here. <laughs> so, I bring you greetings from, from the team uh, in Zambia. You can see uh, part of the office there, the guys working in the factory, uh, and the guys working at the, at the garden or at the farm. And I also bring you greetings from my family. Uh, the, the guy in the middle there, this, this is a special day, it was his graduation ceremony uh, last year. Um, he just completed a seminary and now he's a youth pastor at one of the uh, churches, the local churches uh, in my hometown. And uh, the, the girl in the far end, that's our last born, she just started university. And the other one on the far end, he's, he's, he also just completed university and started a new position as an accountant. And that's my husband there. Yeah. Uh, just to introduce Zambia for some of you who may not know where Zambia is, uh, the blue map there is the world map. Um, and Zambia is the red map on the bottom of Africa. You can see, you know, how far away I am from home. <laughs> yeah, uh, from the U.S. And if you lift that red map onto the other map there, that is uh, Zambia. And there's a red dot uh, on the, is it the western side of the map? I don't know what my west is. <laughs> that's, uh, uh, that's Kitwe Town, where I come from. The green that you can see dotted in basically the whole map, those are some of the um, national parks uh, that we have in Zambia. Um, in the picture there, that's the Victoria Falls. Um, 
It's, uh, it's actually one of the seven wonders of the world. It spans 1.8 kilometers, you know, between two countries, Zambia and Zimbabwe. And um, someone said that if you come to Zambia and you don't see the Victoria Falls, you are sinning. <laughs> now, if, if, you, and if you don't come to Zambia and not see the Victoria Falls, now that's a bigger sin. <laughs> So I'm inviting you to, to come and see, you know, one of the seven wonders of the world. Uh, the uh, Beacon of Hope, our, our brother Glenn Smith, I'm sure you know about Beacon of Hope. They are planning a mission trip uh, in February next year. So be on that trip so that you stop sinning. <laughs> yeah. uh, some of the challenges of Zambia, I think one of the biggest challenges that we are trying to address as PLEP is the issue of education. We have only about 40% of, of the kids completing high school, and that means high unemployment, uh, teenage pregnancies, teenage marriages, uh, you know, continued poverty in families from one generation to, uh, to, to another. And the issue also of HIV, uh, my town is one of the highest rates in the country. Fifth, we are at 15% now um, with so many, you know, HIV-related uh, deaths. Uh, we are looking at now about one million orphans, you know, from HIV. Um, these are huge uh, uh, challenges that the country is facing and the underlying, uh, you know, uh, problem of poverty. So this may look really bleak, uh, but I like this statement. You know, somebody said, you may not change the world, but you can change somebody's world. And I would like to add, you know, for, for good, you, uh, the catalyst that you can be in someone's life uh, can change them, can, can change them, you know, for, for the better, for the next generation and the, and the next generation as the Lord Jesus Christ indeed said, that whatever you did for the least of my brethren, we are doing it for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, one of the major concerns for us is education, you know, in, in low-income communities. This was one of the schools. Uh, this is the school that we started working with. You can see the building there looking really, you know, drab. Uh, very poor ventilation, all these children you can see packed, you know, in, 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 in that building. And when I saw this, for me, it was just injustice uh, that I can be just a few kilometers away from this school and these children, uh, you know, they, they, are, they are destined, you know, for, uh, for, 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 for really poverty in life. I made sure I picked up those pictures because Phyllis wanted to see <laughs> sure wanted to see the bathrooms, you know, the type of bathrooms that the, the children were using that she saw uh, when she came to Zambia. You know, looking at these beautiful children, uh, if, for me, if they don't have an education, there's no hope for the grandchildren of these children. And if you, if you notice, I mean, I've noticed it in my own family. Uh, my father went to school um, he, he was the only one, actually. There were three in his family. He came from, you know, a very rural place. 
He, he, had, he, he was the only one in his family who went to school. But because he went to school, we are six in our family. All of us went to school, and I was the first one, actually, in my family to go to college. But now all my three children, you know, have gone to college. So it's like the next generation always becomes better. Uh, but if the, that generation does not go to school, the next generation becomes worse, I think. Uh, especially if you do not have a, you know, a, a, a government or political will that is there to, to support, you know, uh, families uh, get an education. Yes, so we decided, uh, sorry, if you can go back up a little bit. So we decided as an organization that we were going to focus on education uh, to make sure that we, you know, we, we support low-income uh, families, uh, to, to the children to have an education. We support caregivers, parents to see how they can earn, you know, or increase their incomes to better support their families because we cannot, you know, look after everybody. People have to have the dignity, you know, to be able to care for their own families uh, as well as go, you know, along with the issue of HIV as we collaborate with uh, churches locally and abroad. So where are we now? Uh, I would like to show this in a, in a short video. Strategic objectives. One, to reduce poverty. Two, to reduce the prevalence of HIV AIDS, sexually transmitted illnesses, and other opportunistic illnesses, unplanned pregnancies in adolescents of the PLEP target communities. Three, to reduce infant and maternal mortality in PLEP catchment areas. Four, to improve school access and quality of education. Five, to increase household resilience to the negative effects of climate change on household income and general livelihood. Six, to empower communities, especially women, with sustainable livelihood skills to give them access to income, thereby reducing income-induced vulnerabilities and poverty at the household level. Seven, to develop PLEPSI's institutional and financial capabilities for sustainability. In 2005, Musonda Community School became a PLEP project. Infrastructure at the school has tremendously improved. From a dingy, one-roomed building with poor ventilation, no class demarcations, no bathrooms, students now have spacious classrooms, a computer room, a science lab, and clean bathrooms. The paved school grounds are great for sports activities. The kitchen is under construction. School feeding program. Since 2013, the school feeding program serves over 100,000 hot meals annually to over 700 students. The school meal may be the only nutritious meal some children have for the day. BMI scores the school does at the beginning and at the end of the term show that more than 20% of the children return to school from holidays 
in poor health. PLEP School Scholarship Program. Over 700 children in preschool, primary, secondary school, and college need support for school fees and other school requirements. Despite PLEP's challenges to adequately meet these needs, many students are performing well and progressing in school. I got pregnant and um, I never had where to stay, I never had a place uh, or a home. But um, PLEP has been there for me, they've been helping me and they provided a home for me. I just want to greatly say thank you and may God really bless you. Smart Choices Program. The Smart Choices Program is designed to help combat the HIV epidemic by educating adolescents and young adults about the choices they make about sexuality and discover that some choices may profoundly affect the dreams they have for their lives. Smart Choices is an evangelistic tool that is used to reach students. Since 2015, PLEP reached 3,000 students annually. In 2020, COVID-19 disturbed Smart Choices programs, so PLEP did a radio program on, quote, it takes courage, unquote. This is another life skill program for young people. About one million people listened to Faith Radio on which the It Takes Courage program was aired program for children born with HIV. The local clinic refers children born with HIV to Masonda School to receive the school meal. They get free medication but need adequate food to cope with the HIV medication that they must take for life. Eleven children have been referred to PLAEP since 2019. That one meal that they have at school has helped to significantly reduce the viral load of the HIV virus and increase the immunity in the body resulting in reduced illness. Trauma Counseling Program. After missionary work in Jamaica for 12 years, Reverend Elizabeth Chirwa returned to Zambia. And in 2019, she started providing volunteer counseling services at Musonda School for the students, their caregivers, and teachers. Counseling has been a, a real need at this school because the children who come to me are badly traumatized. I've been seeing maybe about five children in a day, and uh, it's been really, really good to see the positive impact of the counseling sessions. Uh, we've seen most of the children who had low self-esteem have become assertive. Performance, which have been very, very low, has now, you know, they are able to love school and their academic performance uh, becomes better. But uh, there are some challenges, despite what we've been doing, in the sense that we can't meet all their needs. They need salvation. When I do counseling, I realize that uh, the bottom line is that they need to know Jesus as their personal savior. And thankfully, once they are led to the Lord, which I do uh, many times, they, you know, you see the transformation that takes place, especially after discipling them. Uh, they become, you know, better, they become transformed, and they are able to face the world, so to say, positively. 
and so it, it, it's so important that these children are not just given the psychosocial uh, care but they also receive the spiritual care as well. Clap Girls Safe House. And major challenge is that children, most of these whom I see, are homeless. And uh, we've come to a point where you feel and actually we've agreed that we need a home of safety. You see a child and you know that you want to take that child home, but you know that you can, how many can you take home? So it's important that we have a home of safety. And a home of safety will provide that friendly and family environment where children being brought together, hopefully with their mother, they'll be able to live in peace. Once they have peace, once they are eating well, once they experience love, I believe the children will be able to perform better. We are looking to a time where these children will come out uh, to become doctors and uh, become more effective or become professionals because they would have received the care from PLEP and especially coming out of the home. PLEP Community Savings and Lending Groups. Savings groups are groups of not more than 30 people from poor households who have a common background, are facing similar financial constraints, and are interested in improving their incomes. As members pool their savings together on a regular basis, they form a collective fund that is then rotated as credit amongst the members through a system of self-generated rules and norms. Since 2011, 170 groups have been formed comprising over 3,000 women. These groups use the group fund as a capital for their small business enterprises or to meet family needs. Kalovana repoka muvantu no banalireka ndisafi mukupoko mumwine na yabompya nshirale nsala ahunganga bwapwa na isako ngola filafini de yakubwesha nshiningo atana bwesha kwena ndetotera kakabunge kaletu afwa namwewa kweba chitamula keshi baka mwandini ngamwakeshi ba mukaratotera mukaratasha bantu kaletu afwa abana kuma school PLEP Renewable Energy Program. According to the World Bank, Zambian forests are depleted at a fast rate due to the frequent felling of trees for energy use. Most families depend on firewood, charcoal, kerosene, and candlelight for their energy needs. Less than 40% of people in Zambia are connected to grid power, with only 4% with power in rural areas. PLEP Light My Church, Light My Village has distributed 464 solar lights over the course of the project and benefited at least 2,700 people. COVID-19 had adverse impact on families at the bottom of economic chains. They lost jobs and incomes reduced. PLEP is encouraging growing more food for household food security and for income. PLEP also promoting the Moringa tree as a superfood for use in human food, animal food, and organic fertilizers. PLEP Institutional Sustainability Initiatives. 
Sanchaco produces crops grown by small holder farmers, such as dried cassava tubers, millet grain, and peanuts. The project took off in 2019 when Plet Products entered the biggest chain store in Zambia, ShopRite, with over 40 stores countrywide. Sales have increased from 20 tons in 2019 to over 70 tons in 2022. In 2021, Plep leased a 60-acre farm to promote agribusiness through growing vegetables. Plep also aims to be self-sufficient with food requirements for the school's feeding program, such as beans and sunflower oil. Today's scripture reading comes from Mark 1, uh, 35 through chapter 2, verse 12. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everybody's looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began talking freely, spreading the news. And as a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in the lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing with him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say? To the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth and to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. 
Friends, this is the word of the Lord. I've entitled my sharing for today, Everyone is Looking for for Him. Everyone is Looking for You, uh, the disciples said to the Lord Jesus. Uh, Thank you so much for that scripture reading. Pastor Brian last Sunday spoke about the authority of the Lord Jesus, how the authority of the Lord Jesus was like a magnet, you know, pulling people to Him. He was preaching, you know, with authority performing uh, physical healings never seen before, delivering people from bondage. In the passage we are considering today, Jesus returns to Capernaum, a city on the northwest side of Galilee, a fishing town with lots of people in the fishing business and you know, in other businesses associated with fish. He's preaching, performing all sorts of miracles, Of course, he causes a frenzy in the city. Everyone is looking for him. Who wouldn't? I mean, who wouldn't look for such a guy with all the amazing things that he was doing? Let us consider the state of California today. Like Capernaum, California is near a water body, the Pacific Ocean, with all sorts of activities. California is buzzing with business activities of all sorts. Uh, Friday evening, uh, the people of God, jo- Johnny and um, others, they took me to the fish company. Uh, <laughs> um, the restaurant actually almost uh, grabbed our table because we were, getting, we were taking too long to get there. You know? So they are making money. They are, there's big business. The tables were filling up. Uh, California is one of the top... 10 richest states in the U.S., I believe. Who or what are people looking for in California today? Is anyone looking for Jesus? Where is the place of Jesus in California today? Going back to our passage, I imagine three kinds of people that were looking for Jesus. First, you know, they were the curious, just following the crowd, wanting to see what the next miracle would be or just what was going on. I am reminded of the story in John chapter 6, verse 26, where Jesus answered the people who were frantically looking for him, that they were looking for him not because of of the miracles that he was performing, uh, but because of of the bread, you know, that he made, the loaves that they ate and had their fill. Then he told them not to work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, uh, which he, the Son of Man, would give them. Then the second type of people that were following, you know, the, the, the Lord Jesus were people who genuinely wanted help. Jesus was moved with compassion by the request from the leper, as we read in, you know, verse 40 of Mark 1. Leprosy was a very complicated disease in Bible times. Those with the disease were considered unclean and they, and they were banished from everyone. You know, they were living outside where everybody was. There was this whole process of cleansing and verification process by the priest 
to be declared clean. You know, as you can see, it's in Leviticus chapter 14. Bible commentators mentioned that general skin diseases were considered, they were all considered as leprosy. But this case we are considering today seemed like the person had real leprosy because there was such a stir when Jesus healed him. Uh, leprosy or Hansen's disease is an infection caused by a slow-growing bacteria called Mycobacterium leprae. I hope I've pronounced it correctly. It can affect the nerves, the skin, eyes, and lining of the nose. With early diagnosis and treatment, the disease can be cured. You will not want to be near, you, don't, you wouldn't want to be near a person with severe leprosy. The smell and the sight are just revolting. Leprosy is a picture of the effect or destructive nature of sin in us. It is so damaging that it excludes us from God and makes us insensitive to God's laws and commands. Like the insensitivity one who has leprosy suffers, you know, due to the damage of the sensory nerves. If I put my hands on a hot stove, my nerves, you know, quickly sends a message to my brain and I feel the heat and I quickly lift my hand from the stove. Not so with a person with leprosy because that person's nerves are destroyed. The person doesn't quickly react uh, as he feels nothing, so he ends up getting hurt. Jesus was willing and indeed made the leper clean. Jesus was moved with compassion to help this person. And in Mark uh, 2, verse 2 to, uh, 3 to 5, we read about you know, some people that were convinced that Jesus could heal uh, their paralytic friend, whether it was their friend or their relative. Observe with me that these men were great friends to this paralytic man indeed. Um, as I mentioned, maybe they were relatives or maybe neighbors who looked at this man lying hopelessly on a mat day by day. Perhaps many a time, no one would provide any meals to him or you know, help him have a bath. And he probably missed many family meetings. And these friends and relatives were like, you know, let's take this man to Jesus, who they probably heard or they saw you know, healing people. So they, they got to the location where Jesus was, and clearly there was no way they were going to find themselves near Jesus. The house was packed with people. So they devised a plan. They were going to rip the roof apart and lower the friend to where Jesus was. Nothing was going to stop them from meeting Jesus. This kind of determination to receive healing and forgiveness of sins, Jesus certainly does not turn away. As we read in Jeremiah 12 to 13, he says, the Bible says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. The third type were the skeptics. You know, the, the third type of people that were looking for Jesus were the, the skeptics, uh, as we read in Mark 2, 6 and 7. Remember Pastor Brian also talked about the 
the respectable religious elites who were comfortable in church, yet very repulsed by the Lord Jesus. These were experts in the law who even knew exactly where the Messiah was to be born. But because they were blinded by mere religion, they refused to acknowledge who Jesus was and accused him of blasphemy for forgiving people's sins. And what Jesus said to the paralytic, you know, when he told him that the sins was forgiven, was deliberate because people believed sickness was a result of sin. Recall with me the story of the man who was born blind and Jesus' disciples asked him whether it was because of the man's sins or his parents' sins that he was born blind. And Jesus said it was not because of anyone's sins that the man was born blind. To demonstrate that Jesus had power to forgive sins, he told the paralytic that he was free from the guilt of sin. I'm sure we can identify with this group of people who are skeptics today. They have all sorts of scientific explanations to discredit the mission of, of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Are we guilty of critiquing, researching, reading all sorts of stuff that is anti-God, attending meetings of highly trained scholars that are constantly making all manner of effort to discredit the gospel? I would encourage us to be like the leper in Mark 1, for, uh, 40 to 45, who recognized he had a problem and that Jesus was and had the solution he was looking for. The basic human problem is the inherent sin in us, which makes us like this leper. Because of sin, we are insensitive to God's commands and therefore rebellious, always inclined to do our own our own things, not bothered whether what we are doing is pleasing to God or not. The damage of sin can be very deeply entrenched, but we can exercise faith in the Lord Jesus and ask for uh, sin healing like the leper did. Let us not be like the Pharisees who had all the information, they had all the knowledge, and yet missed the point because of lack of faith. Furthermore, let us be like the friends of the paralytic uh, and, point our love, and point our loved ones to Jesus. Yes, there may be huge barriers to do so, but let us with great faith and determination endeavor to break these barriers and bring our loved ones to the Lord Jesus, the ancient of days, the savior of the world. I also observed from this passage that we should be careful not to be uh, sidetracked from the main mission of the Lord Jesus as we meet you know, the social or the physical needs of people. Jesus told the leper not to tell anybody you know, because he, he didn't want people coming to him for miracles only. He wanted to preach the way of salvation as much as possible. Even the disciples, when they came to him and said, everyone is looking for you, you know, they were expecting him to continue doing, uh, you know, performing the miracles. But he told them, no, no, let us go to these other places. I came to preach, you know, 
not to be a star, so to say, of miracles. May I conclude by saying, you know, everyone was looking for Jesus, you know, as the disciples told him. What is your situation? Who or what are you looking for today? Um, what is your situation of need? Jesus will not walk physically in our, in our homes, uh, like in the case of that paralytic. Uh, or we will not hear that he is in Seal Beach or he is in Los Angeles. But the scripture says in Romans 10, the word is near you, in your heart, in your mouth. Call out to him. He is still as compassionate and willing to heal, to meet your needs and to bring salvation to your soul. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen.